Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, back in the rugby dungeon with JB. Hello Timothy. On an antique chaise long. Yeah, that's right. With Phil. Hello Tim. On an antique chair which, JB, do you want to tell him at the start of the pod? Do not rock on my chair please. No, do not it, rock on my... Antique chair. <laughs> do not rock on my antique chair. I couldn't remember if it was do not or do rock on your no, antique no, chair. Definitely don't. Definitely do not, okay. Yes. Thank you. And I'm Tim, we are here in the Rugby Dungeon to bring you another roundup of another week in the world of rugby and a lot going on, on yeah. and off the pitch. Top of the table looks spicy. So, so does the the front and back, well the front pages of the rugby paper and the back pages of other newspapers tomorrow. Um, some huge news. Some big stories bumbling around. Also, and here's a little thing, on this podcast you are going to hear, because he hasn't told us yet, but all we know is that JB for the first time in his playing career... In- 25 years or however long I played, played this game. Something happened to me yesterday which never happened to me before. Ooh, shall we finish the tease there? No, yeah, no, no. no. So tell, tell us what the thing was. Okay. And then we'll... Because uh, then everyone's up to speed with me and Phil. I got a red card. Right. Ooh, he hasn't told dirty, us. dirty, dirty. I know. He hasn't got, told us why I got a red yet. card in club rugby. Would, what, what would you guess it's for, Phil? I reckon it'll be for um, a cheap shot. Definitely an <laughs> Owen Farrell style no arm tackle. No arm shot. Buzz. <laughs> yeah, running into contact. No, it wasn't that. Okay. But I'll tell you all about it later. All right. Okay. So we'll get into the the games that have happened this weekend. There has been a fair little bit of news, and I re- I think we should start with the the speculative news. So I'm using news in inverted commas because it's it's only the very early stages of this. But the rugby paper. Seem to have stolen a march on other journalists mm. and um, written a story suggesting that the Six Nations broadcast rights, which are currently up for tender, will not be obligated by by the Six Nations to be partly or at all free to air. And consequently, the speculation is that Sky will win that deal and BBC and ITV, and therefore free to air uh, Six Nations coverage, could come to an end. Yeah, yeah, and it is. I, I will just just say before we get into the goods and bads reading that it does come across that that specific article it does come across as very speculative it's hinged on the premise that um the current deal which runs to 2021 next year was a joint deal for itv and bbc who according to the article outbid sky in 2016 for that five-year period um the article then says but doesn't give 
um, any reference to who said it, says that um, this time round, ITV and BBC will not be allowed a joint deal, mm. and that is the the kind of cornerstone of the speculation that Sky will take yes. it. So it looks like it will be beyond the means of the BBC, possibly beyond the, the what ITV would be prepared to spend because cu- the current deal is fifty million pounds. I think that's per year or a total deal. I don't know. Whatever it is, whether it's total deal or per year, I don't know. So yeah, you, you'll have to look at the numbers yourself. But just it will be by a factor of six larger. Three hundred million is this is speculated amount that it could go for because, as well as Six Nations, it will be packaged up with Autumn Internationals, pre-World Cup warm-ups, Which and the like. Which is, as I mentioned last week, Project Light. Yeah, this, this, so this is, is the 100... This is it. The 100 international matches that yeah. have been packaged up and have been So they've sold. got nine different packages. They all go out to market. If they don't sell, they come back to get repackaged. They go out to market again. And this process will continue. And this is what I raised last week in terms of, is it dangerous for Premier Rugby and the Pro 14 if their rights go to market at the same time? And as you just said there tim if it's a increase of what six six times potentially six fold I mean, if you're a broadcaster how much money have you got left in the coffers for everything else but it depends so it does depend how many of those games get bought by one person so if, if sky yes. adds, as is being speculated by the ruby paper if sky buy everything like they did with the cricket so with the cricket they just came and bought the whole lot everything so yeah. they, they bought international cricket yep if if one if one um organization buys everything Everyone else wants a piece of that pie. Everyone else has got money left in the coffers to buy something else. Yeah. If it's not, um, it could be everyone has a little bit of the international game. No one has all of it. Mm. I, I, I'm not particularly optimistic that the Premiership via CBC goes to market and gets the deal that they think think they will. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if TV money doesn't grow nearly as fast as they think, but it is supplemented by online revenue. But then the question is, if it's online revenue, why couldn't they just do that? On they didn't need CVC to tell them that there's a potential stream of online revenue. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's last week's discussion. So the free-to-air stuff is interesting because I wonder why is it taken this thing for people to sound the alarm and say, "Hang on a minute, this deal isn't actually what we want." If everyone's been listening to this podcast uh, for a while, you'll understand that we we sounded potential alarm bells as soon as CVC bought it, which, hmm. generally speaking, I, I don't think anyone was asking the questions when the deal was first done that they're now asking. Yeah. Well, well I, I, still, I don't think they are asking it. I've not seen... I saw a little bit in the Financial Times about CVC the other day, but I don't think anyone really is asking the questions like, what happens when you've spent all of the capital and you've bought a bunch of new 4G pitches and you know, you've inflated the pet player salaries and you've done all this? What happens after that? And then... The money runs out, but you've got less income coming in than you did before, or at least broadly the same. And if you're a players' union, if you're if you're the RPA, right, and you see the Premiership, for example, sign a deal next year, which is three or four times bigger than the previous deal, would you expect your salary cap to go up three or four times? Maybe not three or four times, but you would expect it to go up. Yeah, so you, definitely, you would expect it to go up at a level that is sustainable in line with revenues. I'll tell you and what, if the revenues massively increase, yeah. I'm, I'm f- so. almost like a mod- some sort of moderator here. Let's keep it big picture and keep it Six Nations for a second. How, yeah. do, you, how do you feel about right. losing free-to-air Six Nations? Well, I don't think it's a big deal, personally, because you don't watch big set-piece internationals, usually on your own. And loads of people say, well, oh, I grew up and I watched it. And, yeah, great. Good for you. But generally speaking, the big events like the Lions, which has not been free-to-air for God knows how long, 
you get together with a group of mates, you go to the pub or you go to a club, and if you really want to watch it, you can go and watch it. Absolutely fine. It's not a big deal. It's not like the club game. I think the club game has suffered a lot by being... Well, it's suffered, and it also has had a lot of investment. It's become more, become more niche. I don't think that is the problem here. I think the problem is, as I mentioned before, the stripping out of the income long-term by selling the commercial rights, and I think they've sold 18% of the commercial rights. Okay. For the Six Nations. Yeah, that's well, a far bigger issue. Yeah, no, no. So we'll get, we'll get into the financial bit, but yeah. sort of almost like a, on the functional level, eyeballs and all of that, which I think is where most fans' minds are at when they see... No more, no, yeah. potentially no more free to air Six Nations. Phil, um, I'm I'm not too far away from JB in that it's it is five weekends a year. Um, mm. The they are very very big games. A lot of people, um, a lot of people who follow rugby only really follow the Six Nations. Yeah, in, in terms of the overall numbers, um, like round Six Nations, I, I work. Um, in an industry that, or certainly in a location that's not massively rugby union heavy, the, the only times that people talk about rugby is when there's a World Cup on, when there's a Lions tour, or during the Six Nations. Yeah. Not even Autumn Internationals, people aren't bothered. Summer tours, they don't even know that they're on. Yeah, Summer Tours, people aren't bothered. General Premiership um, and even Champions Cup, people aren't bothered. Six Nations, people care about. Yes. So a lot of people will still find ways to watch it. Um, so I'm, I'm less concerned that there's going to be long-term damage by the fact that um, the Six Nations is not going to be free to air, and I definitely appreciate the trade-off that if you've got slightly fewer people watching it, but you've got a, a load more cash coming in, you can do different things. Yeah. If you've got a load more cash and coming as in, as for the casual fan, this sounds awful, but just from a business point of view, what value are they? So what I mean by that is, yeah, I, you look at some of the things, some of. Um, the comments going around today, which is, oh, well, you know, maybe the casual fan just wants to watch it at home. But if they just watched it at home, they're basically freeloaded. I mean, they're not going to buy a shirt, they're not going to their local club, they're not, they're not well, doing any of that stuff. Yeah, I suppose this is, I suppose you can sort of think of it like, uh, and this is the way that it should be thought about, because this is, you know, you take the emotion out for a second and we're all units, and it's like a sales funnel, isn't it? Mm. Like, like so- someone who is uh, trying to sell a subscription type uh, or a consultancy might say, hey, here's a free here's a free lecture I'll do. Come along. And they'll think, I might get some email addresses that might make a mailing list. I might create a fun, a sales funnel that ends with more people doing it. So that, that would be the principle that a lot of people would say, is if you have less people getting it free to air, you're losing a sales funnel, which might convert people yeah, to I'm, being... And being uh, so I'm not saying I necessarily I agree think, that that is the deal with rugby, but that would be And you the also principle. lose the cultural aspect of it too, don't you? Which is the whole nation getting involved yeah. for yeah, and that whole day. So there is two sides to this as well. There's the business side yeah. with the sales funnel and the consumers. There is also the next generation and getting people actually playing. And you want... There are relatively few people who will turn up at the local rugby club for the first time having never watched a game yeah. or not had a family me- member involved. You need something like that, either TV yeah. or family, to get people in and play yeah, in and, the and, game. And so just mm. very anecdotally, no one in my family before me ever played rugby. Likewise. Yeah. And it was I was I was a, a, a very young kid and, a, and my mum says that I, was, I would just sit and watch Six Nations games, uh, transfixed. And we moved to Newbury when my, my folks split up, and we moved to Newbury. And I asked, "Is there a, is there a rugby club?" And and who was coaching there at the time? Uh, oh, Ben Ryan. No, <laughs> oh, that was yeah, a, yeah. a few years later. <laughs> ben Ryan would have been about twelve. At the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, so it, it was. I was. I was that exa- that that 
classic thing that Phil's just described. That, that and yeah. you know, and as a, you've got to, you've got to unpack the 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 business aspect and the yeah. long term growth through getting people into it. Now, one of the interesting ones that people have referred to today as a real negative is the cricket position that was mentioned before. Yeah. Now, I've no idea what the long term attendance numbers or like um, participation numbers in cricket are. I do know that England have won the World Cup since the the TV deal. Yep. Now, and they were world, they were world number one in Test cricket as well for a while. Yeah, well, that's, that's probably think, being a bit flippant because the yeah. the downturn I, would take a lot longer. I think to, they've seen to look both at. sides of something. Like they've seen a huge amount of income. Like immediately, I can't remember what they bought it for two hundred and fifty million or something. I seen that's the number I've got in my head. Big, yeah, these these deals but are big numbers. Yeah, so cricket never seen many 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 like that before ever. So they've seen that side. But I think cricket fans would say they'd quite like to have some more stuff on, you know, the national on national broadcasters, yeah. which I can kind of understand. They that probably as well. would. Now I, I come at this from one sense. I can see the sort of emotional, cultural side that we talked about. I can see the business side. The other side is as an all, re- all as a rugby convert who's going to go wherever the games are because I'm already I'm already a unit that is sold on rugby, and I, yeah. I have been my whole life, and I will be my whole life. So what I would say is. We're going to get a much, much better product. Oh, yes, uh, I mean, and this is one thing that is overlooked. Well, if it's Sky and it's Stuart Barnes, yeah, I mean, really. Ooh. Well, well, okay. <laughs> depends so, who depends who buys if, it. If ITV could stump up the cash on their own, I'd be delighted with that. Yeah, yep. because they they provide Happy an outstanding is. product. I'd, I, I mean, I've, I've my whole career is in broadcasting, and so I, I don't wish to malign anybody, but. Some, some people do it better than others, and I think some of Sky's coverage, Formula One, you mentioned. Oh, I could not. I the coverage can... is abs is world class. Yeah, the um, the coverage of BBC Wales before last year's Wales France game it was an, nearly enough for me to turn off the TV. It was <laughs> it was that bad. I mean, it really was some of the worst. I mean, it was worse than Children in Need, and I don't I don't say say, say that lightly. Um, it was uh, it was awful. And BT Sport. I think the, the product you get for Premiership Rugby is is, is world class as well. It, it yeah. really is. Uh, yeah. Just just on that, we might touch on it later. But the the nuanced discussion they had on um, the Rugby Tonight today on oh, the, the Sunday the, uh, about Gallagher Premiership Tonight. It should, yeah. it should be yeah. no, it should be Rugby this evening. Rugby this evening. Rugby late afternoon. Rugby after the <laughs> afternoon. Game. Yeah, yeah. Rugby late afternoon. Yeah, we'll call it that. Um, with. Uh, Benke, Ugo Monya and Wayne, Wayne, Barnes. Ba- Wayne Barnes, who was brilliant. Yeah. It was such a intelligent, um, well-informed dis- discussion around something that's incredibly complex, but they did it so well. And that's yeah. just that's just yeah. one very I, easy example. Yeah, it, it is actually very uh, very good, that segment. So I would say that the, for the people who actually watch, and for us, all, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're part of this, I, we are going to get a better product. Yeah. What, whatever happens... Because we should here's get a better product. Where, here's where I can't, I can't get on board with this. If the Premiership owners want to do a deal, do a deal with CVC, right? They are all very smart men. I mean, they are in this business of owning rugby clubs because in other businesses they are phenomenally successful. Mm-hmm. And if they want to do it and throw the money away, it's completely on them. I don't care what they do with their cash. The RFU and the WRU and all the other unions, they don't represent uh, businessmen. They're, they're not privately owned. They are basically, well, they are privately owned, but they're owned by the clubs and the members and the grassroots and, they, and everyone else. That's who owns them. And I don't think it is a good idea for them to sell their commercial rights to CVC on the basis which have done so. Because going forward, 
that money is there to power uh, clubs, grassroots, and by the way, pay international players, which is very, very important. That money is literally just going to be taken away. So they can say, yeah, we can, we can grow the pie. But for the amount of money you're talking, and I made the argument a few weeks ago, just buying the talent yourself for the amount of, um, for, for the amount that you're giving away, go get a loan. You know, it, this isn't beyond the wit of man, but for whatever, whatever reason it is, they've decided CBC is the best way. And the counter argument to CBC is, Okay, we get adults in the room that can smash some heads together and make sure he works with him and him he works with him. There's no none of these vested interests that get in the way. I guess that is a fairly powerful point as well. Yeah. But as soon as we sell this 18% of the commercial rights from the Six Nations, we don't get that back. The only person that can sell that will be CBC. And they've done it with Formula One. They've owned part of the rights of Formula One. They've pulled out somewhere between two to three billion quids worth of income. They've actually sold it for less than they bought it for. Because they're satisfied with the return on the income. Well, whether they're satisfied or not, I think they'd love to get a big, big, big uplift, right? But they didn't. This one, this one is going to rumble, and I, I think yeah. we should keep it big, big picture, like rather than yeah. get diving right into the. Well, I would just say right, right, diving right. right into the financials. If it is the Six Nations, the the four weeks of rugby on t- free TV, yeah, five weekends of rugby, or five yeah. weekends of which has upset you, you've you've missed the wood, you've missed the wood wood fr- from the trees here. You need to be upset about the actual deal and the arrangement because it's not good for the unions. So I, I'm, based on what I know, I'm still okay with the deal. I'm okay with this position, although uh, as it, this, this position is in it potentially going free, um, non-free to air. Although it is just speculation, so I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't get too worked up about it right now. No, because as as the um, which article I think it's the um, Rugby Pass article on this Chris Jones's article um, says. Um, no tenders have actually been submitted no. for this yet. So, well, no, That's so no one no one knows yet. They're still packaging it up. This could be horse trading still. Yeah, uh, yeah and my only issue with the whole CBC thing is just that the kind of integrity of the World Cup, which I do think is really, really important to me, the integrity of things like the Lions, which is one of the last bastions of kind of the, tra- the, tra- the original amateur style rugby and tours and everything and the uh, yeah I want to keep those to keep their integrity and the only way those are going to keep their integrity if we if we don't go down this route of an annual world league type thing yeah well that's the only other alternative I think yeah which which I think that's what they want that's what they want well and that's what they're still going to I'm sure I'm absolutely sure that CBC is still going to pursue that as an end goal isn't that world rugby's stance yes I thought world rugby's I thought that was World Rugby's bait to stop the CVC stuff. Oh, I see. Uh, That's what I think. It, about, it okay. would it would make sense. So that it might have been World Rugby's, but from from either aspect, if you're purely looking at it for for TV revenues, yeah. that is the most marketable product. Yes, yeah. for 100%. for the non-rugby fans, because all the big nations play all the big nations every single year. Meaningful games. And every like, game. Yeah. Meaningful in the. In the sense that all sports fans would understand, because there there's is a trophy a at the end of this. Yes. There's, there's a position. Correct. Yeah. Uh, well, Owen Slot wrote something this week, which I found really interesting, and I think this will be exacerbated as well now through CV. I can't see how it wouldn't be. Put it that way. Which is Ireland, and this leads into one of our other topics. But the Ireland Italy games cancelled, and um, our, our beloved Ulster and Benetton. So we're supposed to be playing each other. Devastated. Heartbreaking. Yeah. It, Awful, awful stuff. But but, uh, but but where do they fit the fixtures in? Yeah, and yeah. I can't see there being a CVC scenario where we get less rugby, which is ironic that we want less rugby. I want less less rugby, but 
more, well, more quality. I was really surprised caliber. that they didn't say... Well, I can understand it because it's clearly a financial one. It's There's a lot of money that they would lose as, as a consequence. But I, I was surprised they didn't say, we're going to have to play the game behind closed doors. I, I'm a little bit surprised in... Because in Serie A, there's been five games cancelled as well. It doesn't seem... Be, purely because the TV coverage is so meaningful and so big, it doesn't seem... Like it's that huge a loss um, to play it behind closed doors because, and you you could even have like a deal where any season ticket holders who've not got a Sky subscription or whatever Premier Sports subscription can get a f- um, link to a website um, that shows it. For yeah, free. like give them a free link to it. Yeah, I mean, it's not quite the same product if exactly. there's no no crowd noise, but that. These games might not be played. You know what? I think I just nil nail it and move on. <laughs> because well, we had. Yeah. Do you remember when the foot and mouth? Uh, I'm was right. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm well up for it. Let's just write the whole. Let's let's write the the, the year off. No, sorry, France. No Grand Slam. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Liverpool. No. Sorry, Premier Liverpool. League. No Premier League. <laughs> what a shame. What a shame. Um, yeah, I'm I'm all for that. But if you remember during foot and mouth, uh, Ireland versus Wales was cancelled. So that's a bit, I feel like they replayed it in October or something. They did. Yeah, that's right. So mm, they yeah. played it in an autumn international weekend. That's right, yeah. So you know, there is a precedent of doing this, but my god, that's uh, playing it next season's a bit bit of a joke. But as as we know now, or as we know for England certainly, the autumn international fixtures are already set. Uh, so you'd have to tr- you'd have to compromise those fixtures. Well, that, that, as, I guess because they're two Pro 14 teams, they can just... No, all them, England so. would do, uh, we'll, put our, we'll put our B team out against uh, Tonga and we'll play the first team in the Six Nations match. There you go. You yeah, could, yeah, yeah, you could games. You could do back-to-back games, actually. That'd be quite that cool. might actually be quite cool. Mm. Tim, you've solved the problem. There um, you go. There you're go. welcome. Um, you've not solved the problem of the 8pm kickoff, the Argentina game, which mm. is 8pm for TV. Oh, this is another thing which is getting everyone upset. Kickoffs yeah. at 8 p.m. Is anyone upset by an 8 p.m. kickoff? No, I, so, I'm disappointed they got rid of the Friday night Six Nations game. So, I mean, the Friday I night love Wales that. game. Yeah. I love that. I, DJ I do Spoonie. Like, I do like watching it. I don't mind a late night game on a Saturday. I wasn't sure of, of, of a Friday. No, but the Saturday know. game's good. It was particularly on the uh, super, on super Saturday when yeah, was it awesome. two, five and eight. Was that yeah, or was that just because like we were abroad and it the might, time difference was... Yeah. Count. Where did we watch that? Two, five and eight. We watched one of them in... In, in, in Romania. Romania, yeah. Oh no, that was time difference. Yeah, there was some of it was time it was, difference, but it's it still was awesome. It, it's still it was awesome. One, three, and five, or whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, we were absolutely like, blind like, by the third I, game. I, I, I'm trying to think, like, what is wrong with a few Negronis before uh, a game, file into the game, come out of the game, a few Negronis after the game? I mean, that's to me, that's a great. You've got three hours. From I'm just, saying, I'm having flashbacks yeah. to that night. That was well, a wild night. Meet, meet, meet at five, drink responsibly, very responsibly, very responsibly up until eight. Watch a game of rugby. And get back out. It's like going get... to a gig. The, Pro- the, the, I know what the problem is. I know what the problem is. Right? Is he? The problem is England have ruined it for everyone because their their stadium is possibly in the in the worst place on earth. I mean, it's actually very nice. It's you know, it's not like it's in you know the worst place on yeah. earth. <laughs> but like that is first world problems. If that's yeah, the worst place you've ever been to, but Southwest London. But for Cardiff, it worked brilliantly. Just yeah. too leafy. Yeah, it's too leafy. It's too leafy. <laughs> the houses are too nice. But Cardiff, you. It'd be, Fine. In the city, back out in, in the city. Not du- Dublin's so the same. Dublin's it, the Aviva is a trek if you want to be in central Dublin. Is it? Yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, Wales can do it. Just, but, just, just be sensible with it. But also, the, the problem is, so you would 
if you live anywhere outside the M25, pretty much, you would have to stop over in London. And particularly if you're having a few Negronis and you can't drive. Yeah, you would. Because, well, there are no trains back to Manchester after 9pm on a Saturday. That's madness, isn't it? Yeah. And it's that train, madness. That last train is like the Wild West. Yeah. The last train on a Saturday Oh, night. The, the train station in Cardiff is unbelievable. Yeah, the train. <laughs> unbelievable. So I, I used to uh, work one day a week down in London when I did the evening show and I'd get the 11 o'clock train. Ooh. But they're the last one Ooh. back from London to Manchester. God. And it was it took longer, and it was everyone that had, had a few was, drinks after work. Oh yeah, God! The number of times I had to move carriage because someone just chundered <laughs> all over the shop. Well, actually, a, a bad one was so I spent a bit of time working down in London and leaving London sometime between kind of three and five on a Friday afternoon um, would just be you'd sit down and I'd either be doing work or trying to read or just doing something boring, and there would be. Bottle opening, oh, can yeah. opening, champagne popping, champagne worst, popping, champagne popping. The amount of champagne that I've drunk on trains, uh, <laughs> you know, on, on the way on the way to a weekend somewhere. I'm really, yeah. I'm really stubborn, which you know. No, you guys know. Uh, well, uh, Tim, I know. And it was a, uh, it was, it was on a Friday afternoon, exactly how you described it. It was a hen weekend going to Manchester. Perfect. And they got on at Milton Keynes, and sort of gradually, people. They were so noisy and so wild. Did they, they, did people gradually so... started moving out of the carriage to go somewhere else. Have I told you? And I, and I was like, I, d- I shouldn't have to move because of this. And in the end, I went, oh, sod it, I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have I told you the story about sitting on a train talking about Danny Cipriani? Oh, yes, me and you. Yes, we were talking from the Canterbury event. <laughs> yeah, we did a Canterbury event and we came back and we were talking about da- uh, Danny Cipriani. And in the corner of my eye, I can see this woman looking at me and she carries on looking at me and I'm like, okay. I think you must. Uh, I think Phil, Phil must clock clocked it too. Yeah, and eventually she couldn't help herself, and she basically introduced herself and went, "Hi, uh, I'm Lauren. I just want to say I'm Danny's friend, and he came around my house uh, uh, the other night. Turns out that she's a cast member from Real Housewives of Cheshire. <laughs> <laughs> she got off at Wilmslow or Oddly Edge. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's nice. Um, uh, how do you know Danny? Oh, I can't tell you that. I was like, <laughs> Why did you bother? Why did you bother? But she- yeah. She, as soon as as soon as we started talking about rugby, she was like, what? "I think she moved seats." She yeah, started moving she seats wanted to like, she was desperate to talk to about work her way into the conversation. Yeah, she was developing. Her name was Lauren something. I can't remember. But um, was, it, was it perfume? Yeah, she was developing perfume, and oh. like she could not answer the most basic questions on perfume. Is it a natural <laughs> scent? Is it a synthetic scent? Who's building it for you? Where's it? It's very expensive. But that's all we all we got. It's yeah. very expensive. Nice you, should have, you should have asked what colour's the box. <laughs> <laughs> way. No, no, that wasn't a... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant maybe simplify the level of depth. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's... I'll move on. Uh, so you, you mentioned the Ireland game. That could be the first... Like, England's game's got to be under threat as well. The final game, Super Saturday, could be oh, ruined. Oh, God, no. It can't be ruined. Potentially. Someone, someone somewhere really doesn't want Sergio Parise to have a farewell game. God. He's never ever How long does he have to play for to get his, to get his game? <laughs> Another five-year contract at Toulon. I'd say so. Um, I hope not. So, Ireland game is gone, Ireland-Italy. Yeah. And its health minister stepped in and said, safety concerns. It it does... So, at the moment, the COVID-19 outbreak and spread in the UK doesn't seem to be significant enough to warrant uh, stopping, for example... Uh, the England Wales match that I will be at next Saturday, oh. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. Awesome. Um, but it it can only take a few more outbreak 
outbreaks and some unrelated cases being spread. So spreads where you don't know who has spread it. So there is no there is a break in the chain. Yeah. So you cannot go back and follow your steps. Um, the things like this could be stopped. It, it's not unreasonable to see in the next few weeks that could happen. They're still in the containment phase at the moment, so that's a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So dear. watch this face. Fingers crossed that I will be okay. Has, any, has anyone looked into the the World Health Organization? What they've been planning for because they have to plan for like worst case no, scenarios. No, I've never even thought of doing that. No, it's like f- the the worst case scenario kind of planning is, um, is is, is planning on the basis of forty percent of people on Earth contracting it. Wow, 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 that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, that is a lot. But with a two percent death death rate, that's still a lot. That's still a lot. Yeah, yeah, and the the death rate is still uncertain no and particularly as there there are some people in china who got it recovered from it then got it again brilliant yeah which which is it raises suspicions or it raises uh, suspicions about the way that they are dealing with it or it raises suspicions about potential mutations and um alteration i think this one's gonna i mean i I I think this one's gonna rumble on how you work you work for quite a big company phil is it starting to yeah yeah because there's conversations i work in a big company and there's a lot of conversation starting to be had there there is certainly the risks are being assessed at the moment yeah. so i wouldn't say much more than that might all get to work from home for a bit amazing potentially you, you can't build many airports working from home sadly yeah you can do radio can't you be fun yeah <laughs> actually i need to get my, get my studio in the loft up to sort it out anyway um Right, what else What else is bobbling along then? Well, there's some actual rugby. I mean, we've done very well not to well, talk about any what, rugby. Tell us about your red card. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, so um, I was playing Liverpool St. Helens yesterday. Your first ever red card. First ever red card. Have you been red carded, Phil? I've had you... a couple of yellows. I don't think I've got red card. I've, I've never I've never had a red card. I'm pretty certain I've have never you got a red not? card. Have you not? No. That surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I just I throw full punches in training. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not in games. <laughs> I hit my friends. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, it was a bad one. I'm not gonna lie, it's a bad one. Not my finest moment. I effectively did what Harry Williams did a few a few weeks ago. So I was on the sideline, got subbed off. I was uh, I was probably preaching about the you know, the values of the game at the time <laughs> when um, there was a breakdown about you know, maybe on. The five meter line, right in front of me, and one of the Liverpool St. Hel- Helens players decided to punch and kick one of our guys on the floor, on the deck, on the deck. Ooh. So uh, I ran on to intervene, uh, not to punch, I might add, to intervene to you know politely ask him to stop. And on my way onto the field, um, he he moved out of the way, causing me to mistime my push. So I actually fell over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he made no contact with the player. And the referee just looked at me and said, red card. And he came <laughs> to the guy went, red card. So, you uh, <laughs> so I made zero, zero effect, made an, made an arse out of myself, and then I'll probably banned for a couple of games. Oh, yeah. if you get, so if you're going to get red carded and you want it, because, because you're going theory? to seek vengeance, at least like make your point strongly rather than look a bit of a tip oh, I like doing it. it. I, I looked exactly, oh. I looked in the worst possible light, both an idiot for going on and incompetent for not being able to... <laughs> See, uh, if you'd have if you'd have run on to try and separate people, that's one thing. That's exactly what I did. Did you only separate though? Did you, did yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the intention. Walk, yeah, only walk. Did it look like you were running on in malice? Uh, I don't think so. Uh. I don't think so. But maybe it did. I, I, I don't know. I'll be further to judge, not me. Um, do you know if 
um, LSH were taping the game? They were not taping the game. And did Talk H weren't? No, no, not no. <laughs> no. Uh, we remember everything. But, yep, uh, yeah. Good game, though, on, on the plus side. Played at the Armitage Centre in uh, in U- Union Manchester. Some mm. awesome 3G pitches. What's the uh, deal when you get a red card? Are you allowed to sit on the side or do you have to leave the field and go back to the Well, ch- I wasn't on the field, you see. No, do you have to go back to the clubhouse? Well, I mean. well no one made me, so I just oh, okay. stayed where I was. Mm. So they, they red carded me, fine. But, kind of tactically... I'm already off the field, aren't I? So we've still got 15 men. Oh, yeah. So that we didn't have to... What's the law there? You just... The sub just goes. Yeah. But their guy... Because if, if so, a manager is sent off, a coach... Yeah. yeah, of course. So the other guy obviously was still playing. So we, they went down to 14 for the last 20. And we obviously had the full 15. Did he get sent off... For the uh, kicks and the punches? Yes. Because the kicks and the punches, the ref saw it. Yeah. Okay. Just, well, no, I don't I don't think the ref would have sent him off if, he, if I hadn't have come, come on. Well, there you go. You did... Yeah. Well, so there you go. Win, win. Win, win. But the fact you won comfortably anyway it wasn't necessary. And it was at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right at the end. It was completely unnecessary. Yeah. And I looked like a fool. So yeah. it is It is what it is. And if you get a touchline ban, so if you're banned from playing and you get a touchline ban, it'd be like when... Um, all Mourinho. The, all of the, no, it'd be like when all, the, all of the heart surgeons are out of town at a conference. The, um, the death rate for heart... Well, the death rate for heart issues goes down because no surgeries. So there's no complications. Uh, uh, so if you're off the pitch, your team will do much, much better because you can't coach and influence them. Oh, they, well, they'll miss your, they'll miss your team talk. You can smuggle yourself in like Mourinho did in the <laughs> European quarterfinal when he had a touchline ban. He he went in the bottom, one of those big trolleys that collect, I think I've said this he before, oh, yeah. one of those big trolleys that collects all the all the towels. Mm. He uh, he went in one of those covered in a load of towels. They wheeled him into the dressing room. He did his team talk, then they wheeled him back That's out. Remor- that, that is remarkable, isn't it? I mean, why even risk... Anyway, it doesn't matter. You would well, love you could- it. If a manager did that for you, how much would you love that? Yeah, quite a lot, actually. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. You could be like um, Carlos Gosen. Yeah. The <laughs> um, Renault-Nissan chairman who got smuggled out of his... In a cello case. In a cello, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> under house arrest by the Japanese secu- authorities. If you're security, right? Is that the new protocol now? If you see a thing full of towels being pushed around. Do you have to ask, is, is there a premiership manager in there? <laughs> there's no premiership manager in there, is there? No, sir. No, there's not. Uh, uh. Right, let's... What, what, what about the premiership? Some actual happened? rugby. Yeah. yeah, some actual rugby. Three uh, more minutes in. Some actual rugby. Yeah. Well, the, another really interesting weekend of rugby. And at times, there was some good rugby in spite of the conditions, which were pretty biblically awful in a lot of cases. I thought the bath game was awesome. All things considered, it was awesome. Se- that second half was was great. The second half, yeah, it was. Yeah, the conditions pretty bad. Um, Bristol managed them so much better than Bath, though. Yeah, Bristol. I, the best thing about Bristol, I think, it was how comfortable they were. They were without the ball. Mm. I mean, uh, I, I knew they conceded that one. That, that one try right at the end. But actually, I think the their, their tackle, tackle was something like, like double that of Bath's. Yeah, yeah, and and to for a team that last year when they first came into the Premiership, they were intent on keeping possession, playing from ever all the time. They're still doing that and still trying it, but at the right act- time. actually they've got a bit more balance this year, which is why they find themselves in third position in the table. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does anyone know Charles Pietal's a good player? Is anyone aware of that? We had an inkling, yeah. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. fairly handy. I'd say that the best player this game, possibly the best player of the weekend, and there were some bloody good ones, was the uh, Laiua try with the Sheedy break oh, yeah. and that cross kick. To have the, yes. to have the vision... And the ability to execute that when he's going full pace. Sheedy's going full pace. Leo's going full pace. That and, was And with awesome. Priestland getting a knock on his knee and having to go off. Dan Bigger getting a knock on his knee and having to go yeah. off. Is Callum Sheedy close to uh, maybe 
Maybe. Oh, God, Jared Evans. Sheedy. Is Jared Evans fit? Yeah. Yeah. He'll he'll, he'll be starting against England. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to say, he's, yeah, he's definitely the next next one up. I think Bigger will be fit, though. I don't know. He's done bigger. Chris Boyd said it's not as serious as it looked. And it won't be a long-term one. It's just a slight hyper, like, hyper extension. Reese Priestley was never in the frame anyway, was he? That was speculation that bring him up, just because he's played yeah. there before. I mean, Wales are not blessed with an abundance of starting tens. A few years ago, I would have said, "Why doesn't Dan Jones get get a shot?" You know, the Scarlets ten. Yeah, I mean, he won the Pro Fourteen at ten. Was he playing? Well, they've they've got plenty of players when everyone's fit. They've just got a freak injury yeah. crisis at the minute. So, they're going to get pounded to dust by England. Uh, arguably, they've got more options than England, ready to go. With who've got international experience? Yeah, because yeah. once once you Bigger, get through, Patchell, there's three right there that have played international rugby. Well, England, Priestland. England don't have three. Priestland, Priestland has four. In- England don't have four players that have played international rugby. They're ready to go. Uh, well, Toby Flood's still playing at Newcastle. Just signed an yeah. extension on his contract. Ready to go. Sippers. Here's what I don't get. I don't get the mental strain that is going to be placed on Reese Webb having to hang up that beautiful Bath jersey leave yeah. whatever beautiful place that he's living in Bath not be able to go for coffee with the boys in not one of the most beautiful cities on, on earth yeah not go to training at Farley House and trade it all in for what? the Ospreys and and where's he been for the past 18 months or 2 years? Toulon Toulon the south coast of France and he's going to go to the Ospreys I mean it, it must be a devastating mental blow up. <laughs> Just the thought of it. And he looks so good in the bath shirt. I mean, he really does make a big difference. Considering that's his first game. I mean, if you imagine him with bath for the entire season, I think he'd be legitimately very, very good. If they could improve that pitch, it would help him. Yeah. Uh, he did have an 8 and a 10 that he's played with a few times before as well hmm. in Falatau and Priestland. So that obviously helps. Yep. Oh yeah, of course he has. That pitch, that pitch definitely does seem to, or has recently seemed to help Bath. They just go with the heavy traffic. It actually almost plays to their strengths. They've got a lot of big bodies. Yeah, and big pack. From so they can squeeze, well. they can squeeze out wins. But Bristol, like you say, defensively, were uh, were up to it. Do you know what really got me about Bristol today is the amount of times they used that lead runner. They used their lead runner off the ten a lot, and it was continually effective. And the precision that they run that line with is awesome. So, is there, I mean, basically what you're looking at, you're looking at a short pass off, pass off 10, but the timing continually is so good. And the movement off the ball, which they show in order to get that timing, is brilliant. Yeah, and as, as a lot of teams do, they have the shape where they have the player behind that you can go to go wide. Yeah. And as the, as the pitches dry up, as the conditions get mm. better, you'll see more teams starting to use that. But Bristol, very intelligently, when they did have the ball, kept it quite simple. Whoever Had they... a little bit of stardust with Piatau and like Lua Tua's lift was... Oh, Tell you what, all they, out this world. Could... If they finish fourth, I actually think that's their best way to get to the to the final, because we've seen them beat Exeter at Sandy Park. Uh, I like how you know, so they're not going to have that fear factor that maybe other teams will, and it's going to dry out, dry out too. So they're going to be super dangerous. They will be dangerous if they can get top four. T- talk about J- JB's like no Bristol, don't 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 come don't come and play sale. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I no I no bearing for the neutral. All those games would be wonderful. Well, Sale. So that Sale is trying well, to Gloucester. Yeah, Gloucester, Gloucester's uh, whole theme of the Friday night was be kind, and they were very kind. <laughs> <laughs> Gloucester <laughs> were very, very kind. God, they were. This game. I mean, who do, who do you fire? This is a serious question. Right? It's, now, I'm not saying anyone should be fired. But who do you fire when your head coach doesn't coach and your director of rugby doesn't coach? Where does the buck stop? 
Well, I think they've. They're, they're, it looks like there has to be a restructure of those two somehow. I don't know how you do it, but Gloucester. I was looking at the table on Friday night. I was amazed to see. So Gloucester are the same number of wins as Worcester, Leicester, and London Irish. They're four out of twelve wins. They've not lost a huge number of bodies to. Um, they lost a few. Lost Moster and a couple of others, but they didn't. Never lost a huge number to internationals. They're losing very few to Six Nations. They I mean, everyone was expecting this to be Gloucester's year, me included. I agree. And, they and, should have been top four again. Yeah, they should have been, and they just haven't. And games like this, which Sale have got a big pack, Gloucester also have a big pack. It's not. It's not the pack. The oh, it shouldn't have been. A, it should not have been the pack. Well. This is where I I got to on Friday night was, and um, I can't remember who it was in comms. Might, might be um, Glenn Delaney was doing it. But someone someone in comms said at the end of that first half, or early in the second half, key difference between the two tens. Uh, Dupree has barely passed. He's kicked a lot of things intelligently and at the right mm-hmm. times. Cipriani has been trying to pass. And Cipriani has been trying to play his more of his usual game in conditions that were just not appropriate for it. How does that happen when you've got an, a ten of the experience of Danny Cipriani? Yeah, I and and the, the two centres and the two centres, the two centres are experienced, intelligent and, ball players. And you'd almost think Sippers is the kind of guy that even if the coach said, "Run it, let's play, let's go, let's go, let's go," he he, he'd actually get, he'd, he'd actually <clears throat> on the field. He you he's we've seen Danny Cipriani run the show enough, and he's pe- completely pe- pe- in charge. People talk about him being running the attack. So you've got you've got to almost say that's on him. Heinz, I mean, yeah, yeah. it is because I was going to say Heinz makes a big difference. Well, I, I, I said last week, I, I said I think Heinz is the most important one because he does so, it, he yeah. does it for England, but more so for Gloucester, he controls tactically that the whole he controls that team tactically. But Heinz not being there is also no excuse for your fly half not to you know do what he needs to do. I think the bigger problem. I mean, look, look if if Sale had never seen Gloucester play before in their lives. Danny Cipriani probably would have had a ton of a ton of success, and but potentially n- in different conditions. Yeah, the conditions were bad. But does anything that Gloucester do ever surprise you? Do you think? Oh, I've not seen that before. You've not- seen everything before, and we've seen it for two years now, solidly. And I think teams, particularly when you know you've had all week to to prepare to, to prepare for it. You know, they know exactly what to do. But Friday night wasn't about doing anything that surprises you. It's about doing the basics really well. Yeah, get to the right part. Well, get to the right. Get to the right part of the field. Don't cough the ball up. Knock on, yeah. as they did again and again and again. Yeah. Don't give away cheap pens, which they did. And Johan Ackerman said before the game, our issue isn't necessarily our dis- uh, uh, there is our issue isn't necessarily giving away a penalty. It's giving away three penalties on the bounce, compounding yeah. a knock on with a penalty or a yeah. penalty. Yeah. And they Penal- did that again. And they did that again and again and yeah, again. And they did it a few weeks ago against Exeter. I think it was where there was a twenty-minute period of this early in the second half. And they made half a dozen stupid, stupid decisions, one on top of the other, and conceded about 15 points because of it. Yeah, I don't think they're done. Far from it. I think they'll still make a, a push for the top four because that squad is too good. <clears throat> I think the coaches, despite a dip, are still good coaches. So when I said, who do you sack? I don't want anyone sacked. I'm just making the minor point is like, who is actually accountable for this? When, if it comes to it, who, who, uh, who, who do you blame? I think they will come back. They'll make a push for top four because they're too good not to. Surely, and they they are. They're six points off top four as it currently stands, yeah. which they're in ninth position. 
a, a couple of wins and they're right back in the race. Yeah. But, but it's it's more the way that they've been playing and the manner of the defeats recently that would be concerning for me if I were a Gloucester fan. I completely fan. agree. Their, their forwards aren't dominating at any point in games, which they were last year. They, they have yeah. very dominant spells at least, but they're just shooting themselves in the foot. And it's, the, it's, it's, it's doing the basics really well. And Exeter, we'll get onto their game, they lost to, to Harlequins. The penalty count was 21 to 7. Really? Against, against Exeter, Exeter. So which is very on Exeter, very on Exeter, and you lose games doing that. Just yeah. on Gloucester again, though. Like maybe the fact is they're neither one. Th- I mean, they don't play as nice rugby as Bristol, and they're not as physical as Bath or Sale. They're sort of in between. And I think that might be a bit um, a bit of a problem too. It might be it might be better when the conditions get a little bit be- bit better because yeah. you can you can adapt more to one thing or another. Mm. But right now, when they should be one thing like sale were very much one thing in that they got to the right part of the pitch they used their big forwards they ground it out they did it very effectively and i would they, just say about sale, really well i mean the defense was i, mean, I didn't even realize i had a good defense personally i didn't actually i didn't realize that until the, the stats were pointed out last week and it turns out they've got a very good good defense uh because i'm looking at the attack i still don't think that they're playing well i think there's still so much more to come but they, they are grinding and it is interesting to hear more people now getting on to the bandwagon. Flatman was on it a couple of weeks ago saying, well, actually, could they go all the way? Get top four. They've got the pack to do it. I think... They've got some of the outside backs to do it. Uh, yeah, at the moment. Um, I'm, I I'm not quite there yet. I don't I don't think they're there. I don't think... I, they need to be a lot more cohesive before they're going to be a real, a, a real challenger. I think Bristol are... Well, about as real well, a challenge as well, you could get. Well, this is it. So, so during this period where the, the weather's been particularly poor, the, the, the conditions underfoot make it very difficult, you, you'd think, and it's been, it's been borne out, territory, applying pressure, making it really hard for teams to get out of their own half, taking advantage of wind conditions when, when that's appropriate is, is the way to go. And you've seen the teams which have a little bit more of that um, proclivity to just go for it a little bit more like Gloucester like Northampton have struggled in this little window mm. but that's what's that's what's really impressed, impressive about Bristol is I would have thought they would have got caught up in that as well and last season yeah. they would have done I'm, last season in these conditions they absolutely would have struggled in, at this time and did struggle at this time this season they've they've been a bit smarter a you bit more all round a bit more streetwise that's what's yeah. surprising me about Gloucester have got a lot of experience in that team but they're not being streetwise yeah and Northampton well, I mean... Northampton Saracens. Northampton Saracens. Well, you've got to give credit to Saracens, but Northampton losing Dan Bigger, he, he clearly, you look at the opening minutes, you saw the difference. And again, this is what's surprising me. Those about two like, early tries. Are you, are you a Dan Bigger fan, though? I think he's an outstanding player. I don't. I, I, never I, used I to be hate Dan. his whinging. I, I, the two things can be true at once. And I hate... I think he's... I think the way he is on the field... Outside of his playing, is so infuriating, and I wish he'd stop. I, I agree with that. I love him as a player, but yeah, he's an absolute warrior. And the difference he's made to Northampton—just they, they were ahead fourteen nil after twelve minutes when he went off. Yeah, and goodness me! Yeah. Sorry, I've just got a text which I'll tell you you guys about short shortly. Ooh. Interesting, exciting. Um, but uh, yeah, that's why I just. That's what's really disappointing me, and I, and I, I hope his head's okay. He's clearly had an issue, but uh, you know some issues, and he's you know had a lot on his plate, Danny Cipriani. 
I um, I just want yeah. to, I just want to see the sippers that we've known because yeah because I think he's sort of him not he's not, he's not been streetwise for whatever reason. And yeah, I, I do dipped. I do wonder, given everything that's going on with Cipriani, if the best thing for him would be to take a a short break away from rugby for two or three weeks. Get, yeah, get his head would, right. You would really struggle to say this is the same player that we saw last, um, yeah. last year, and we've been saying that 100%. for. You know, absolutely weeks now. And it, things might make more sense knowing what we know now yeah. based on the form this season. Mm. So I, I, I really do. I do. But it, it, it would be, it would take, it's a difficult decision for a DOR or a head coach, whatever Ackerman and um, Humphreys are. It's a difficult decision when you're not playing well to take, to push your star player out and or he's release your star player. player. He's also, you know, your backs coach, your attack yeah, coach. Yeah, you know, he's, he's so intense. He's basically everything. But if he's not right, it's not Do you reckon working. there's a... I mean, this is kind of callous, I guess. But do you reckon there is a lesson here, which is don't put too many eggs in... Single point of failure. Yeah, in one basket. I mean, if he's that important, should he have been there? Should he be allowed to be this important? It's a good question. Like, you know, maybe he needs but to be put it, with... Is, is there... Uh, is there yeah, because is there any way of building a team around... Any other way of building a team around Danny Cipriani? No, I don't think there is. I think I think you make that you, deal. You've got, you? Yeah, you... You know the trade-offs. It's all or nothing. Mm. Oh, well, they'll have to cross that bridge where they've got to either pay Williams uh, you know, an extension on, on his 400000 or re-sign Danny. For the two games that he's played in the last three <laughs> yeah. years. I worked it, it out. I'm sure I've worked him out as getting £30,000 a game. It's better than England money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the other game, unless you've got anything more to talk about that. Well, I just, I've or, got a few more things on sale, obviously. Of course. Of course. So, signing. We've got a signing. Signing, yeah, they've signed Sam Hill from Exeter, so oh, okay. that is a superb signing. In- a young-ish English. He's not that young anymore. I bet he's no, about twenty-seven. That's young. He's that's got fine. A, he's got a good five years left in him. English qualified, yep. robust, I, 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 robust. No. No, he, he's good replacement for he's, Van he, Rensburg. He's not really got any rugby at Exeter, so it's good for him. Yeah, good for sale. Fine. Good. I think I'd prefer uh, Hendrickson if I was a neutral. I, well, like I, th- I think that's why Exeter are letting Sam Hill go. Yeah, yeah right. that makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, it stacks up. Um, that's the first one. Second one, and I have no idea what's going on here. Anyone been following uh, Rassing on Twitter? Um, I've seen the Finn Russell interception uh-huh. and then the a lovely floated uh, pass and then Finn Russell... Um, Making some moves, or there, there's some moves that he might come back into the Scotland camp, but only after the Six Nations for the summer tour. Well, They're, that's the only f- the racing news that I've seen. Well, there's something even more eye catching on the racing uh, on the racing Twitter thread. Go on. Basically, all of Sail Sharks management staff are on a day out in Paris. Go and been to watch, uh, been to watch, been to watch Finn Russell. Oh God, yeah! Imagine that. That'd be awesome um, <laughs> for neutrals. Uh, so I, I, I can only, I can only, I can only presume they want to build a uh, defence arena somewhere in Trafford or something. So that must, that must be why they're there. Awesome. Yeah, hopefully, that's what they're doing. They're building they, a sale. Do, do, do they have any South Africans? They've uh, got. A, they've got a fair few South Africans. Rass- so have got a few. Be, so it could be that. Is Classen still there? Uh, LaRue's there Classens is there I mean they're, they're French South Africans aren't they now but yeah, there's probably a few more yeah plenty I also I can feel as looking at a fancy rugby draft oh, a bad week for me this week oh <laughs> I absolutely thrashed JB yeah very Thank, good thankfully week for I've got Cocker. 10 wins in the bank so I don't need to worry too much <laughs> I, I, 
A very good win for you this week, Tim. I had to win that one. JB, like you say, he's in the playoffs, whatever. Oh, in the playoffs. It doesn't, I, I'm doesn't basically, I have to win pretty much every game to make the playoffs. I just get, it's, look, it's getting that way. Listen, you can do it, Tim. You can do it. Saracens for second. Yeah. Um, Bonus point win for him. Why? I, I don't... I, it's not that dissimilar to the team that got battered by, by Wasps. They beat Sale a few weeks ago. Yeah. I just... I'd love to know what the inside story is there. Do I... I'd love to know what their motivation, how they how they're motivating for the for this game. Some of the younger lads, I can understand the motivation mm. because they will be playing for a place in the squad next year. Well, next year, but also then the year after. Because if you play, if you play twenty odd games in the championship next season as a team, that's a real good opportunity to to get some recognition, to develop your game, and to come into the Premiership even stronger in two years' time. Um. Another difference was Ben Earl, who was... Matt, he looks so Sat good. on my bench. I didn't think he'd do, it, do, do anything ben, uh, this week. He looks awesome. Watching Ben Earl and um, Sam Simmons this week, oh, those, yeah. those two are just so explosive. They run so hard. They're so powerful. They're superb to watch. Yeah, I was watching Exeter and thinking, actually, because like, there, there was a direct Simmons v Dombrand, and I was thinking... Next cab off the rank for England should be Sam Simmons, based on the way that Eddie Jones has set his team up to play work rate yeah, yeah, yeah. and explosivity. It should be Sam Simmons above Dombrant. Yeah, I I would agree. Yeah, with there's that. an amazing clip of Sam Simmons running. Um, yeah, I think BT Sport put it up. Yeah, and like that that guy. I know Christian Wade is in the NFL, but that guy could be in the NFL as a running back. It, those two, Earl is so explosive. And mm. uh, both both of us so similar in that that regard. They're both about the same height, just over six foot. They're both about the same weight, uh, 105 kg, something like that. But they're so explosive. They they hit much harder than their their yeah. weight suggests they would do. Yeah. Um, extra loss, no one really cares. I mean, well, obviously, Quinns care. That was actually the best game of the weekend. That was the, I, I, I enjoyed that one the most. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say it. I was busy getting red carded. For the <laughs> no, I enjoyed that game a lot. And um, you've got to say fair play to Quinns for digging in. Again, Exeter, I think... And I don't want to be unkind to Quinns. I think Exeter lost that game rather than Quinns won that game. I would agree. And the, pen- the penalty count would hint at that twenty-one to seven. There was a really odd Exeter performance. And some, there were some unusual decisions. Um, the last six minutes or whatever it was, eight, eighty plus six, the yeah. final penalty try, which ended up, which I, I find it hard to see why that. Is a penalty try. Yes. But the ref was correcting his mistake for blowing up too early yeah. three minutes previously. So did you see any of that, JB? So basically, there was a... Quinn's had a scrum. They got a real shunt five metres out from the extra line. They got a real shunt on. Referee put his arm out for advantage. And then as Danny Kerr was picking up the ball, blew for the penalty, Danny Kerr wanged a pass to... Ibatoi, who would have got you some fancy rugby oh. draft points. Ibatoi scored it, but the the <laughs> referee had already blown, so he so he he knew he he, he dropped a bollock there. Don't worry, Jay. Unless Ibatoi is getting a hundred points for that one try, you wouldn't have won this week. I know. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Christoph Ridley realised he dropped a bollock. Uh, uh, another yellow card, or two yellow cards. The first yellow card had already been given by that point. A second yellow card, and then a number of penalties later and Christoph Ridley gave a penalty try on a scrum that there was never enough of a shunt to know that that was going to be a try. Yeah. Where no a try would have way. Most likely been scored or whatever it is in the balance of probability that it would have been scored. No chance. No chance. No chance. 
I can kind of understand it from just repeat infringements. It, that was. Uh, but you don't get a penalty was, try for repeat infringements. Yeah, you give another yellow card for. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You, you don't use a yellow. You don't use a penalty try as a punitive measure. Yes. They, yeah, Quinn's could have been down to twelve men. Yeah. Or Exeter, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, Exeter. So um, so so, but but my whole moment of the weekend, and was Rob Baxter. So he was uh, asked after afterwards. the game, yeah. what did you make of that? Because he actually went up to the referee and you know you could see him chatting. He, he, he looked confused. Understandably, it was a shocking decision. And Rob Baxter said, well, yeah, I went to ask the referee what his thought was with the penalty try because I, I didn't understand how he could give a penalty try. But listen, there was more in our control than that. We should have put the game to bed. Yeah, which is brilliant. There's so You think about the re- what the reaction of other DORs might have been and very few would have been as measured and calm and reasonable as Rob Baxter was. And he is a credit to Exeter, credit to the Premiership, credit yeah, to the whole sport. I get it, I get it. There's a problem with Baxter, right? <laughs> I love the man. Yeah, the problem with Baxter is he makes everyone else look bad. Yeah, like, <laughs> he actually does. He actually... You know, wars up and down the land must rip out their hair, if well, the ones that still have hair. Because the guy's perfect. He's annoyingly perfect. So everyone else is held to the same standard as Rob Baxter. I imagine there's going to be a DOR... DOR uh, in the next couple of days, it's going to be held to the same standard as Rob Baxter. Rightly so. That's how, um, that, that's how standards work. Yeah, but that's how leaders. Yeah, that, that's leadership, look, right there. We can't all be Rob Baxter, right? So, like, you know, if no, uh, we, but we should, have we, should all, we should all aspire to be a little bit more Rob Baxter. I agree with that. Uh, I would say, you know, you can. What would Rob Baxter do? Yeah, that's well, a little yeah. filter we can live but our lives by. If you're asking what would Rob Baxter do, you're only ever going to accept that you'll be. Not quite as good as Rob Baxter. <laughs> Whereas, if you want to go out and beat Rob Baxter, which a lot of these DORs have to be, they've got to be their own man. No, no, no. And, you, but you but, but take a different path. No, but that's not that's not you're chunking up to the macro level. Take it down to the micro level and little decisions every day. Like you're on the side of a pitch at Liverpool St Helens. Yeah, you see, what would what you see would Rob someone Baxter stamping do? in that very moment? You could say, "What would Rob Baxter do? What would Rob Baxter do?" He wouldn't have got a red card. He'd have sh- he'd have shaken his head, kept it to himself, and had a quiet word with the referee afterwards if he'd missed it. Over a pint. Over a pint. Um, mm. Speaking of brilliant moments, and there were two young English fly halves mm. in this game. Yes, there were. And both of them had bloody good games. They did. Both of them scored some superb tries, actually. Marcus Smith got one, and Joe Simmons got two superb Joe tries. Joe Simmons looked the bollocks. Joe, that, I mean, yeah. E- either, either of those two, if you're talking both next... Both of them, next, yeah. Cab off the rank. Um, I think either of them could have a bit more time in the England squad. Um, I say a bit more time for Joe Simmons hasn't had any, but Mark Smith has yeah. had a tiny. And he's tiny got bit. to take at least one new fly half to Japan. He has to because, oh, yeah. because exactly as we identified, Wales know they can call on if everyone was fit. Could call on four guys who've played international rugby. Yeah, England can call on two, and the third would be Danny Cipriani, who's not in great form at the moment. Yeah. Unless you're going to go to Toby Flood. Toby Flood. <laughs> which, which is ridiculous. It there, is ridiculous. there must be someone else. Has Stephen, Stephen Myler ever been capped by England? I think Ryan Lamb's still playing. <laughs> Freddie Burns. Freddie Burns. Burns, yeah. Oh, I, mean, 2012 or, I do. That's the guy who I really but, want su- successful. Like, I don't think he's had a fair, a fair crack at it at Worcester. I'd love to see him a, get a some. Worcester. Freddie Sorry, Burns. Bath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go somewhere else, and then really get a good, really get a good shot at establishing himself as starting ten again. There is talk of him going to France, isn't there? Hope not. 
he's too much of a he's too much of a character for us to lose from the Premiership. Mm, that would mean his England days are are done as well if he goes to France. Yeah, I mean, he might consider they're done anyway. They're, they're, at this point, they pretty much are, unless there's well. Three, unless there's a fly three or four. Unless there's a fly off convention where they're all travelling there by air. Yeah. Or something awful happens. <laughs> no, be like Air Force One. Like <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't have you're putting, no, way, no way George Ford <laughs> and Owen Farrell can fly in the same plane. You're putting all the fly offs on the same plane today. <laughs> yes, all of them. Yeah, that's the only way he's getting back in. But I still want him in in, in the premiership. I think he's one of those guys that we need. Uh, yeah, I I would have liked to see him have a bit more time at Bath. Someone else who did a good stint at Fly Half, a young Englishman. Harry Malinder started at fullback, 12. looked really good, 12. absolutely ghosted through, scored a brilliant try. Yeah, and then stepped Showed in when da- went down bigger, went off. He went in to fly off and looked really good. He went in the twenties World Cup, did he not fly off? He played a bit uh, of fifteen. He played, he played, he played twelve and ten no, he, mainly, he and he a bit of fifteen. Him, he oh, okay. 10. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's not, a twelve. I, think I, a 12 I, watched that whole, I watched that whole tournament. He played several positions. There you go. I, I would like to see him. At that was 13. the one when I spotted Stockers. Oh, and came yeah. back and told you, and watch out for go. Jacob Stockdale and Andrew and, and, Andrew po- like and an Jordy agent. Barrett. Although that's you know with the surname, yeah, like that, that was, was a less bit of obvious. A find. And Andrew Porter, wasn't it? Yep, Andrew Porter as well. Yeah, yeah, good scouting team. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so Do, uh, speaking speaking yeah. of young talent, actually, did anyone see Ryan Baird? No. So Leinster hammered Glasgow, unsurprisingly. Um, Dave Carney scored a hat trick. Also. Young Irishman, under 20s lock, 20-year-old lock, Ryan Baird scored a hat-trick, including wow. at least one from 50 metres out. What? Which is pretty bloody impressive, and people are talking him up massively. So I've, I've only... All I know about him is the highlights I've seen of this game. I'm just about to... Right, something's got to happen soon. Sorry about this. This is oh, just. I'm sure we're breaking some. Oh my word, he's got gas. Yeah, he's quite a big boy as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah second rows or that position, right? Really you good. never know how fast they are because they're always working in heavy traffic. Yeah. But occasionally they, they get, get to open up. Yeah, and when they spread those legs. And they're yeah. six foot five. They can they can cover some distance pretty rapidly. I remember it, it, it takes them a while to get up to speed, but once they're up to speed, yeah. yeah. I remember, uh, and every now and again, there is like a lock that comes on the scene and makes a name for themselves by doing something like that. James Gaskell was the same. James yeah, Gaskell. Gaskell. He scored from the halfway line against yeah. Toulouse. Dean Mum, someone a little bit yes. like that. Dean Mum, yes, awesome player, awesome, awesome player. I think of other rangy rock locks that have. Um, yeah, didn't White Lock score an incredible try? White Lock did, yeah. Uh, Radiki Samo would be another one. Uh, he was an kind, eight. Of, kind of eight slash lock slash winger. Wing. Yeah, uh, Chris Jones, the he, old oh, sail lock, sail did the same thing. He sort of burst on the scene with just r- being rapid. Uh, yeah. Apparently, he's a very good goal kicker. So I was at Sale <laughs> the other week, and uh, someone introduced me to his old coach in in Leeds. So he used to play at Leeds University, and he's apparently going on at this coach for. Uh, you know, all season, can I kick, can I kick? So let him kick, last game, game of the season. 100% record. Really? Yeah, he's really ah, been, ah. been an awesome kicker. Ah. Mm. Have we done all the... Pro- oh, oh, Leicester, Worcester. Oh, no, sorry, oh. Oh, just one thing. So we, we touched on Gloucester. Northampton, that's four defeats in a row. And it was going yeah. so well. I think a few weeks ago, you'd say, don't Northampton ha- handle their business so well? Isn't Chris Boyd... Uh, 
absolute genius. genius. Maybe it's just a reflection of, of of this league and how difficult it is. And also, the Northampton and Chris Boyd way of playing is not as well suited to. Well, it can't be that much different in Northampton to Wellington, can it? No, uh, no. Sorry, uh, the conditions that they've been at this point in time. Right. Okay. So, um, but y- you are right because everyone's like, "Oh yeah." Um, over in New Zealand, they just play. I'm, I'm sure New Zealand is basically Anglesey, but it's a bigger Anglesey, right? It's s- slightly uh, different. I always get it the wrong way. Certainly, similar latitude, cult- culturally, or longitude. Longitude. Yeah. How many teams wouldn't be massively affected if you took out their four frontline locks? Um. S- uh, Saracens. Saracens, probably. <laughs> Saracens, <laughs> other than Saracens. Yeah, you remove Hunter Hill. Maybe and, Exeter, because yeah. the system they play just seems to be... I guess if you move... Yeah. yeah. If you move... Yes, Exeter will just get another massive South African who can play lock slash back row. Yeah, I mean, the way that Saracens are lined up at the moment, if you removed Hunter Hill, Kapoku, Skelton, and... who's Ezekwe. Uh, uh, you'd only be left with Atoji and Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> But Northampton have got their issues, but yeah, I, th- I think the fact I think you're right to point out, and, and it has affected Gloucester, the, the conditions or lack, maybe lack of management of. But then you lose Dan Bigger, that that will happen. You're right yeah. to say the other, this, this, think how big this game would have been with relegation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We oh. were robbed of a huge, yeah. huge Leicester, minutes. Leicester Worcester would have been. So I've heard some stuff about Worcester. This is pure speculation, but I've I've, I've heard it's all kicked off down down at Worcester. Uh, with how they play, players and coaches, a, a, a little bit of friction. So I have no idea how valid that is, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll investigate it ju- ju- during the week. It's well, cer- it's certainly, um, c- certainly be a turner on that, because I thought Worcester were going really well. Well, one thing that is going well for Worcester, and actually if you want to look at England, one position where this season I think there's some real good things happening that could pay dividends in the future. Joe Marchant is tearing it up in Super Rugby. Two more tries, man of the match for the Blues in a really good win away at the Stormers? Uh, no. Bulls? The Bull, uh, was it? I can't remember. A South African team. Might be the Stormers. Anyway, they were away wherever they were in South Africa. Did you see what position he was playing? Yeah. Uh, and who was playing 13? It was... Who was 13? Rico Ioane. Oh, yeah. Who wants to play more uh, in the centre? Which is interesting. So Marchant played on the wing yep. with Rico Ioane. I've not actually seen the game. I just saw the tries. He looked good. Just, he's a he's a handy player. He's still only very young, Marchant. He's very young. And someone else who's very young and in that same position, Ollie Lawrence, is playing week in, week out for Worcester. I had him in my team. I know. And... You dropped him from your fantasy team. I picked him up. And you got hoisted by your own petard this weekend. Yes, I did. Because he was part of the I'm team. Gonna have to pause this, I'm going to have to pause this podcast for a second. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right, and we're unpaused, so that was exciting, wasn't it? It what was a, quite. What a pause. But that's not anything we can talk about on this podcast, JB. Just just um, trying to help you out there. My advice would be don't mention it, and uh, that story will come out. Fairly soon, I imagine. There you go. And if we were if we were professionals, we could drop an ad in there or something. Yeah, we'll we'll put an ad in there. Yeah, that's exactly what we'll do. Perfect. But it's because. But on the flip side, it's because we're professionals that we're not going to talk about that anymore, and we'll move on to something else. Correct. Uh, Nicely done, Tim. Transgenderism in rugby has come under the spotlight. The RFU have convened a load of experts on the topic. Oh, uh, sorry, World Rugby. World Rugby. World Rugby have convened a load of experts on the topic. At the Lensbury Hotel in Twickenham or Richmond or wherever it is in West London, Southwest London, uh, to get different opinions on it, so that they can then formulate a plan on how to deal with this. Because I think they see rugby being a contact sport, and in in fact, the only contact sport involving females that's an Olympic sport. They feel like they should lead the way on this particular and very sensitive issue. Yeah. So. Um... There's a, a few good tweets from Ross Tucker, who I like a lot, who does a lot of the concussion stuff, a lot of the injury stuff, um, and does quite a good podcast um, on this, talking about what the intention was and what they went through. And they gathered seemingly quite a diverse range of um, people from players, scientists, doctors, lawyers, sociologists, so, sociologists as well, to understand both sides of the arguments and understand where there is currently uh, agreement and disagreement with the objective of making the game safer for everyone uh-huh. which seems like it seems like a very sensible way of approaching what is quite so, a politically sensitive it is I, and, and can I, and can I just say at this point I, I almost and this is unfortunately the and this is partly due to the sort of Twitter world we're in I almost don't want to say anything because I just feel like I don't want to say anything I, f- I feel like I feel like if I say what I think is my opinion and what I believe would be the the, the vast majority opinion that I'll, that I'll still it will still end up getting weaponized in some way. So, so I'm just I, not going to say anything. It, yeah, I'm kind of with you in that. Okay, I don't really want to talk about the transgender stuff because I just don't think it's important enough. I am happy to talk about the RFU talking about the transgender stuff, though, which is slightly different, right? Which is just a complete waste of time, effort, and resources. There's enough things in, in rugby going on which need sorting. I mean, what is this? This is a um, a situation which is very unfortunate for very, 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 very few people. Um, and I sympathise with their I sympathise with their plight and their want to play rugby, so on and so forth. But I just don't think they need to spend so much time and effort. On, on it. I don't think the game needs to get tied up in, um, you know, continually talking about it. So that's all I'm going to say. I don't want to talk about it any further than that. I'm happy not talking about it any further as well. I, I, I think I think World Rugby are doing the right thing. To this is to get to a conclusion. Um, but for, for, like for, for what is best for players or something, probably. Well, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, exactly. But, who knows? Nobody who knows. knows. But, but I, I am, I'm hoping that we see real leadership in, Did, a, in a very, very sensitive things, topic. Right? It's here. so... Because I, I think there's a, there's a lot of places where there's not strong leadership happening. And yeah. I think I think rugby has an opportunity so, to set some real, the, real clear leadership in this area. Yeah, right? but, uh, yeah I agree. The problem is... <laughs> 
the, the problem you've got is the situations that these individuals find themselves in are vastly, vastly different from one from one to the other. And because of the nature of the problem, you need kind of a all-encompassing solution from the top down, as you say, it's in real leadership. And I don't actually think it requires that. I think it needs a little bit of common sense at ground level and to be able to judge each case individually. So, for example... If Ooh, you, that gets messy. Oh, I don't like that. Uh, well, I, I think it's, it's, it's got to be nuanced. Because if there's a guy who transitions to a woman and just happens to be rubbish and is even rubbish as a woman, I just, fine, let, let him play. If, if, however, Maritoji transitions to a woman, we can't really have that. So I think it's such an individual thing as well. How on earth can you do a one-size-fits-all? Because I can see a situation where... But by that logic, you would say, Ben Talmafuna, Tal you can't play because you're... Look at you. You're too big and strong. I can see... Well, I'd say, Ben Talmafuna, you can't play for your for your own health benefits. <laughs> or, or, yeah. like, or Fafta Clerk, you can't take... You Look at look at the size of you. You can't man, You can't do this. Yeah, I, I get that. So I, I think it's such rare cases, yeah. right, that... I don't think we need to worry about it. Like, if you're six foot five and you're running over everyone, no, nah, that can't happen. But if you're absolutely rubbish, <laughs> why not play? Just play mixed touch. Yeah, play mixed touch. Yeah, well, yeah. And then you get into all sorts of other problems. Anyway, we spoke about it for too, too yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, we have. All I would generally say is, um, I, I hope we. St- I'm really, I'm really positive about the way it's been done. I think rugby can show real, clear leadership on this, and rugby, as ever, is a sport. That is always welcoming and always sensitive to any background, any, any whatever. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. So good. There, there is another world rugby um, announcement this week. So the the transgender trans athlete, um, the first inquiry took place last week. Um, there is another. It's a symposium that's been announced coming forward. Fancy, um, which is to investigate the rook. Which I think this is. I think it's a good necessary move um, because it is such a it's such a potentially dangerous situation, so, and I, it is so inconsistently refereed. Oh, I agree with that. Can I give you the definitions of symposium and which one? Yep. You, you, which which one of these two are you hoping that the the uh, the World Rugby Symposium is? Because definition number one of symposium it's a noun. Firstly, a conference or meeting to discuss a particular subject. I, I suggest it's probably number one. That sounds okay. Number give, two. Give me number two before number I confirm. Number two, symposium. A drinking party or convivial discussion. Oh. oh. <laughs> Held after a banquet. Oh. So Hang on. If, if it's number two, where is our invite? Hang on. Who is running the symposium? Because if it's the RFU Council, for example, I know exactly what <laughs> yeah, kind of symposium yeah. it is. Five-star host of a... Banquet. Four-day symposium. Yep. Uh, in a five-star hotel. Minimum. That's, minimum what, that's what we should call our Tier 2 tours from now on. The Tier 2, tier two Symposium. <laughs> Love that idea. <laughs> that's uh, so what, what's happening in this ruck? They're uh, going to try and sort out the ruck. It's, well, it's fine. The, the, the one, I, agree that, I agree with Phil that it's refereed very inconsistently and I think it's there are so things that can be done to, to help the game as a product. Yeah. I, I worry, my only worry is that this is what we said would happen once you go down the route of trying to mitigate all injuries and things like that is there'll be something else. It'll be high tackles now. There'll be something else next year and there'll be something else the year after that and something else the year after that. And 
I think we could end up talking ourselves into a load of more complicated laws and actually what I think about the ruck is you need to simplify it. And if that's what if yeah, that's what if that's what comes out of this, then great. I worry that it's gonna get more complex, more nuanced, more people saying shouting about injuries and stuff, which is legitimate in some cases. So hopefully yeah. if if the if the outcome is simplify, I'm all for it. So having read a lot of the work that was done... JB is very... Are you still distracted by this story, sorry, JB? Sorry, I am. <laughs> no, that's all right. I'm, having, having read the process that they followed for the high tackle stuff and, and the, the intention of the previous investigation into the high tackle, which was not to materially change the game but make things safer, and then having also witnessed... As soon as the, the changes that they brought in, the kind of law changes or the... Um, application of the law changes that were brought in and witnessing a lot of people lose their mind and saying this is going to ruin rugby forever kind of alarmist are people who are very alarmist like they were when they read that um sky might um, take all of the six nations um behind a paywall and it's not actually played out like that and I, i've got quite a lot of faith and confidence that the people who are making these decisions the leadership shown by world rugby they have the best interests of the game at heart and they have the best interest of people who watch the game and play the game at heart mm. and there might be changes that some people don't like but overall it will not have it i'm hopeful overall it will not have a significant negative effect on the game and actually with the rook with how inconsistently it is refereed and how you could show five different rooks or actually you could show the same rook in five different games and it be five different refereeing decisions in those five different games. Could be exactly the same, but five different refereeing decisions. I've got a really quick solution for them. uncertainty. I'm oh, sorry, Phil. I've got a really quick uh, solution that would mean that they can do the second definition of symposium and just get on it. As far as I'm concerned, the ruck can be solved if the referees ref the first two, the first person from each team arriving over a ruck. Mm. If, the, if the man clearing out his teammate get him up and higher... Then the guy jackling has to has to be higher as well, and suddenly you you eliminate the dangerous positions that people get into, and you eliminate the the shots into head, shoulder, and twisting knees and stuff. Because that's the problem. It's the fact that guys are allowed to clear out rucks completely off their feet. And that, yeah, that, they do. They really do. Th- yeah, and that's. But is it? So, so, I mean, how much of a problem is it really? So, I mean, if you look at like, have you seen the Gareth Thomas clip? Where he gets thrown in the air by a South African, and like they all pile into the ruck, they're all off their feet, both sides are just hammer into it. You think this is like eight penalties against South Africa, and the penalty goes against Wales. Well, like, what, yeah, what percentage of injuries come from rucks? So, no, is it like 10, 10, it, 10, 10, 15 percent? So I did. Uh, there was um, a journal, audit. yeah, journal article from an injury audit that said ten percent of injuries okay. come at the ruck. So it's it's a reasonable percentage. I, I didn't get a chance to read the full full. Journal, but, but that means ninety uh, percent of injuries are are not from are the not ruck. from the ruck. <laughs> but then ten um, percent too many, mate. But is it is it like a um, motorbike and car crash scenario where far fewer injuries come from motorbikes. far fewer by number come from motorbikes? The severity of the injuries from motorbikes right. are enormous. Now okay. I'm not saying that is yeah, the case, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it would suggest that that is the case. I would hope that that's the case for that. them to have a symposium on it because ten percent. Bearing in mind how many rucks there are in a game. Well, there are there are it's as many rooks as tackles. Mm. Uh, but, well, yeah. uh, near well, enough. Near, near, near enough. Yeah. So I would hope that 
And tackles and rooks have got to be the two most dangerous well, things. Yeah, tackles is oh, like tackles is like fifty percent of injuries or something, isn't it? Something probably. Like but then, if the average injury the from is, a tackle it's is very uh, one easy week to pick out on the breakdown, because you can you can just pull it. But, there's loads of illegal stuff going on at any, going on anyway. And also, that's like how much of the how many of the injuries are caused by illegal behaviour? Because so what we clear it all up, but there's still ten percent of some percent of injuries. Well, that's not helped. Yeah, I was going to say because there are so many rocks, I can imagine you clear it up. Maybe it's what Phil's saying that the severity of injuries might be might be might lower, or, or they might go up. We don't know where the injuries are going from. We, we might do. They, they might do. It, it, I mean, it's maybe being possible. off your feet and lying on a player is far safer than you know <laughs> contesting a ruck. Well, there's there's one little thing as well is that pisses me off about rucks. <gasps> Swearing. Tim. Sorry, sorry. One thing. One thing really hacks me off about rucks. That I'd also go for. So the one is get the get the man cleaning out his teammate higher. So that 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 and just, that I think that changes everything. And just on that, that was a really good point. I think it was Wayne Barnes who raised it. It is in the laws. So your your shoulders have to be level or above your, your hips. hips. Yeah. No one no one refs that. No one refs that. Last time I no saw that. No one refs that was when would you believe it? George Smith first burst onto the scene and he, he stole a ball and his shoulders were lower lower than his hips. No, nope, can't do that. That is shoulders. never and no one refs of is rarely ref that you're not supporting your own body weight. Players the the jackler is often hooked onto the player yeah, and, who's I, lying on the floor. Yeah. And I think the reason... Knees on his back type Yeah, knees, and, knees on his back. And, and holding him. So yeah. the player, the clearer out, the people clearing out have to lift not only the 18 stone of the man Jacqueline, but also the 18 stone dead weight on the floor. Yeah, so uh, I think the reason it doesn't get officiated that much is because a lot of superfluous stuff goes on at, at rucks. So you might dive into a ruck, but actually you've not affected clear out you've not affected you know unless you're the contesting guy uh, over the actual jackler yeah. or vice versa or whatever it is then you can get pinged but like a lot of but, pe- lads coming from the you know coming from all sorts of angles but that's why i like tim's it's it is oversimplification right now but yeah. you can work with it simplify it simplify it so that everyone knows what they're looking at and it can be very easily called because right now it is, it is very complex and it's so inconsistent. The, the two first players arriving, the jackler on the one side, the guy cleaning him out, higher or you're pinged. How high? Uh, shoulders uh, above hips. Shoulders above hips. And and actually supporting your own body weight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd, I'd be... What mo- do you think of players supporting jacklers? What, like a, a kind of... So that's like the... I mean, did you mention that? Is that what you were trying to say before? No. Yeah, so what you do is the jackal come, c- comes over. So to prevent him having to support his weight, you basically come from behind him. And you like come, a chariot. Yeah, and you kind of grab him like underneath his weight. Like, oh, like you're doing okay. a Heimlich. Yeah, and therefore he's not going to... He's less likely to fall over. So he can get a nice steady position over, over but the But then ball. if you're pulling him back... Well, he's already got a ball, hasn't he? The flip, the, here's the flip side. Me as a, a, a an attacking player coming in to clean out my guy, if there was a guy jackaling there, what I thought I would do, and if that was the law, I would do the pull him down. Yep. Just um, put, pull him forward down onto the deck. Like, he's off his feet, these sir. These jacklers yeah. are so strong that I think quite often one of the few ways to do it is to almost come in slightly from the side and almost roll them. You've well, got to get them off well, their that, feet. Well, that's you? why they're doing the, the crocodile, crocodile roll. roll. And Which, it's why they're coming in from, from angles sideways and hitting low. That's exactly why, is because the jackler is allowed to be so low. Well, yeah, I mean, and you I can't guess, get an, a good shot on him. You can't get a good shot on him. So, uh, and the crocodile have roll is seen, a dangerous thing to, uh, no, to do. I've definitely mentioned this before on the podcast. Have you ever seen Sam Warburton's uh, masterclass on Rugby Tonight about how you get, get rid of jacklers? Yes. Brutal. Yeah. So, uh, there's two 
he starts with the two things, okay? So there's a ball-focused threat and there's a man-focused threat. So the man-focused threat is... You, sorry, the ball-focused threat is what you want. So you go, you clear over the ball, you, you focus on the, a ball-focused threat. Yeah, it's fine. Done, right? The second one is a man-focused one. So you're a little bit late. There's a man coming for the ball, so you clear out the man. And the last one is, like, completely red alert. There's a guy on, on onto the ball. What are you going to do? And he basically pinpointed, like, a three-inch-by-three-inch three square, which is right on the spine of the opposition player... Kind of between the shoulder blades, you go, see, you hit here as hard as you can, Ugh. and then you roll. I was like, okay, if I hit you there as hard as you can, it might hurt, might chafe a bit. If bloody, I don't know, Tom Curry, Tom Curry, comes, Sam Underhill, Sam Underhill comes Ugh. flying. Mario Toji. It's like that can't be a th- that can't be a thing. You're actually being coached, but they don't care. They just want you off the ball. But that that um, three three inch by three inch square, if the jackal was properly refereed it wouldn't exist because the hips can't be lower I wonder if we're looking at the same way shoulders can't be lower than the hips so I wonder if the I wonder if the way to solve this is not to say go high or go lower it's something to do with the attacking side so if the attackers are not over that rock in a certain amount of time basically what I'm trying to say is you always retain your ball if your guys are first to the ruck so maybe you need to manipulate the laws to make sure that the attackers are there or there's no isolated men. Mm, I don't like that. Yeah, but... No, no, I, understand. I, I, mean, I do understand the, what you're saying. But that is already the case. You get and a second unless and that's you, it. Unless only your scrum half is the first man there. If anyone else other than your scrum half is the first man there, like, what if, you should secure 98% I mean, of your rock real... I'm just, this is just the first thing that came to mind, right? But what if the rule is as soon as a, a player, not the defend, not the tackler... Doesn't rip the ball, but just touches it on, on um, touches it on the ground. Just have the turnover. Well, that makes it a bit easy. <laughs> makes it a bit easy, but also means you've got to emphasise. Mind you, you'd be stopping it so often. Yeah. Unless you can clear up that, because that's what Glasgow were doing. Glasgow were like, we not touching the ball, obviously, and expecting turnovers. That'd be <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, but supporting players that quick that they never had to worry about jackals. That yeah. was always, always their principle. I love a good counter ruck, well timed as well. Yeah. Well, you can still do that. But yeah, no, yeah, because yeah, counter-rooking is different from the yeah. jackal as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing as well is like the continuity of these teams now is such that maybe stealing the ball in some way should be a bit easier. Mm. So if, maybe if you can get two hands on two hands on the ball, that's a I, I think at the moment, in, in that sense, in terms of the balance of going for a steal, competing at the ruck or not, which then creates space out wide for attacking players I actually think that's not too bad at the minute I remember a few years ago it was really bad where teams never bothered competing and they just fanned out and it became defence against attack brick wall against brick wall well now teams do seem to have different tactics at different times yeah exactly so I, some teams will yeah. flood the breakdown at certain times but also yeah. fan out at certain times and that's that in itself is a skill and there's an intelligence to identifying when to hit the rooks and identifying when not to yeah so I mean Possibly, the symposium could again go to just the the drinking, a convivial drinking session. Yeah. If they actually just went right, I tell you what, referees, just apply the laws that are already in. Yeah. And yeah. then we'll get then we'll get back together once once you're actually applying the laws as they already are. Yes. Then we'll get back together and see if we need to change anything. But you're Perfect. not doing it. Perfect. There you go. Let's get on the piss. <laughs> Let's go for a symposium. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was something else that was on my mind. Hmm. Six Nations? Nadolo signed for Tigers. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. good. Yeah. He was good. listed as 137 kg. Oh, N- my N- Nadolo God. against next year in an yeah. East Midlands derby. Woo! I think he's going to have to play centre, isn't he? Well, he did play for the, for Fiji in the centre, didn't he, in the, yeah. last, in the previous 25? Nadolo and Manu in the centre. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, oh my yeah, God. In fact, I think that's why he's there. I think he's like a backup to um, Manu because I know, I, I think, I should say rather than I know, I think... Sale inquired about him as well for the same role to back up Van Rensburg. Now, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a good signing. I just don't think he's what he was. Well, you, you will get. Depends what they're paying him. Yeah. He'll be available when Johnny May's not. And you, but he's not playing. And when Manu's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what's, your, what's the toss up here? You're going to play Kyle Eastman or <laughs> the Dolo? That could be the biggest uh, differential in centre partnership height and weight what? of professional rugby ever. Well, that'd be a good. That's a good question. That the biggest differential in centre partnerships. Didn't Jason Robinson play centre for England a few times? Yeah, he played yeah, he did. actually. Yeah, but who were Tyndall? Might have been Tyndall. That's that is fairly that's, big. Well, I, I do think Bath recently was fairly big. Uh, Roberts and JJ Banahan when he's played yeah. there has that been one? Uh, Banahan, yeah, it could have been uh, Banahan and Eastman. Eastman, maybe. Eastman, yeah. yeah, that's, that's that not is possible, yeah. No, mind you, Banhan's big. He's not 130-something. No. But he's six foot six or seven, isn't he? he he's certainly not, in, in terms of weight, he's certainly not 137 kg. Mm. Might have had a good Christmas. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, let's, see, let, let's see, see how he goes. I don't like it. I don't think it's a good... I can't see it being a good sign. You, I think if he'd have signed for years. sale, if you're saying sale, we're inquiring. If he'd have signed for sale, you would not be saying... I'm not sure I have about no that views signing. on who sale signs. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it'd be a good signing for sale I, uh, either. In fact, I'd rather have some some, some hell if I was going to choose one of them. It's an interesting signing. You will if you can get the best out of him for a couple of years. How old is he? Thirty-two. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Nairavoro's been all right. Yeah, he's no, he's always been a really success. Not so much this week. No. But. And he also Nairavoro. For a winger, he doesn't sprint much, does he? No, Rivero. Yeah. Even when no. he's sprinting, he's not particularly sprinting. It's like watching an A380 land. Yes, it's true. It's going it's, much faster than you think. Yeah, it's going a lot faster than you think. It's just too big. When he's striding out, like he does look like he's going at full pace. Yeah. Can you imagine tackling him? No. No, I can't. So there's a few things that I, I you know, you'd like to experience just to see what they feel like. So... um you know, one would be uh, trying to tackle Naravoro. Um The other one would be uh, lifting lifting Maratoji in a line out. I think yeah. that would be awesome. Oh yeah. If if Naravoro was, was running at you, what what would you what would your tactic be? I'm thinking what sort of height because you don't want to go knee height because he's going to just obliterate you. I think knee height. I think knee height is by far your best option. If, I'm, if I'm if thinking almost trying to be like a road, road hump, just yeah. be like a stop him and just try and grab a foot. On the way, so he trips so, over. So, Bess yeah. Rutten, uh, the MMA fighter, used to say he never used to get... Bang, bang, yeah, that bam. guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome clip. The best, um, the best YouTube video ever. <laughs> Baz Rutten, self-defence. Um, what do you say? Uh, like, good night or something? Uh, you, you talk, I'll video. get it. I think we're going to find out. So, um, <laughs> I don't think so. Bam! Uh, anyway, so he used to say, 
fight hold on, hold on. that I've been around. I've been a bouncer for many, many years. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> it's a street fight. Never look away from your opponent. Look, sir, I really don't want anything of this. And I go like this. That's a and knife. I slit your throat and it's over and out. <laughs> uh, Everybody oh, underestimates the kick in the groin. It no one. No one. Just search Bass Bass B A S Rutten R U Double T E N Street Defense. It is my favourite YouTube video. So Rutten would say Rutten or whatever. Rutten, yeah. He would say there's two ways to. He was losing a fight. He's either going to get 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 submitted or he's going to get knocked out. So I don't think I want to feel the pain of. Of Naivoro hitting me, I'm going to go straight for his knees, w- leading with my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's the one. Here's, here's one. Here's one. Hold I've on. been a bouncer for many, many years, and I've been fighting in the ring, as you know. So I know my things. Now I was standing like this and talking to the guy, and suddenly, boom, a headbutt, bang, follow up with a headbutt, boom, knee to the head. And looky, look what we got here. Smack his face. Now this is a very dangerous way to win here. It's the one that smashes. Don't face. you? <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. I've got to find that now. I've got. Oh well. Oh. This is just a Thursday night. This is the Thursday night at the Working Men's Club. I'm sorry. A, no, I'm not. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. So he, gra- he grabs a guy's head, bangs it into the table. I'm sorry. Bang, bang, bang. No, I'm not. Bang, bang, bang. Don't, don't you ever do this. <laughs> By the way, that guy asked uh, where the poker was. <laughs> where was the poker? <laughs> bam, bam. <laughs> the guy's a fantasist. Sorry, I don't know how. Where, I don't know, where, I don't know how and we? why. Sorry, Phil. Where were we? I Went down a bus, uh, a Baz Rutten rabbit hole. Yeah. So, how do you tackle Maravoro? There you go. Yeah. I was giving you a list of rugby things that I, you know, like uh, having a ball stolen from you by Tom by, by Tom Curry, getting tackled in heavy traffic by Sam Underhill. These sort of things. That doesn't sound like much fun. It's not, but it's experience. Oh, uh, okay. It's like climbing Kilimanjaro is not much fun. Like drinking a Negroni. Not much fun. But mm, kind of fun. Kind of fun. <laughs> um, fixtures next yeah, week. Yeah, fixtures. Just rattle through the Premiership, then we'll... Um... Might come back with a Six Nations one, if there is any Six Nations to be played. Okay. Uh, Friday night in the Premiership, we've got Worcester versus Northampton. Both desperate for a win. <sighs> Northampton, I think. Northampton on that 3G. Without damn bigger... Oh, on the 3G, yeah, that's a good point. 4G. 4G, whatever it is. 5G now, you have to call it. Yeah, 5, 5G. Uh, on the 5G, but it should really be 6G at six ways. Exactly. Sh- right. Yeah. It should be. Got uh, to upgrade. On the 6G, I think... I think it's going to be tight, that one. I think I think Northampton just. Great. I think Northampton, yeah. Yeah, give me Northampton. And then we've got Sale hosting London Irish. On Friday night, oh, we didn't, we didn't oh, we, talk we, about wasps. We, we didn't talk about wasps. Oh my god! Wasp, wasp fans already hate me enough. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, the game wasn't televised. No, it wasn't. It wasn't in fairness to us. Uh, the second game on Sunday is never an easy one to cover. Fair play, wasps. 
Yeah. Fair play. They have turned a corner. I mean, I, I, you could easily draw conclusions and go, yeah. Dai Young's been moved aside, freshened things up, and by whatever means it's happened, something's clicked. It seems so. You often do get this new manager bounce or change of Do you think it happens bounce. in rugby, though? I don't think it happens in rugby that much. I, th- I think it does. I think, I think it does happen. Just uh, fire and hire someone every, all, all the time. Yeah. But then every, you, you always... Every six weeks. So what about you having six? trend to the mean. So you get this little bounce and then it trends to the You're normal You're not firing position. enough then. Yeah, you need, to fi- you need like... I would have six coaches, low-paid average coaches, on rotation. Leicester did it. They had three coaches in one season, didn't they? They did. They had O'Connor, Major and... Cockle. Cockers, yeah, of course. Cockrell, bloody hell. And that was your and idea with that was your idea with Eddie Jones. Your theory was Eddie Jones is always good for a year. Yeah, two years. Yeah, two years. So hire him for two years, fire him, and then hire him again. But you need to fire him mid World Cup cycle. Yeah. So he peaks at the yeah you the yeah. World Cup. You want yeah no hang on when do you want to get Eddie, you want to get Eddie Jones in a year before the World Cup yeah and then Stuart Lancaster for the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um, Finish off the fixtures, please. So, so yeah, sorry, wasps. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we apologies, must... we couldn't see it, and we recorded too early. But well done, good win. Look at yeah, and in in what could have been another relegation battle, were there to be two relegations? And they year. have compressed the table even more. They're up into top six now. They're fifth, aren't they? The table is massively compressed. I'm not going in front of me. I think right wasps now. are fifth now. Uh, they're sixth, sixth in the table I'm looking at, but they are. Three points off top four. Two wins on the bounce, and who do they have? Sorry, did you say London Irish? Uh, no, no we, sale we, so Irish. sale London Irish. Yeah. So that's going to be a home win. Uh, yeah, that will be a home win. Come on Saturday, we have Saracens hosting Leicester. Saracens win. Even yeah. this Saracens second string. Although they're, they, they're so up and down. Yeah. How Saracens go from that beat down at Wasps to winning at Northampton. Yeah. But I don't. I I can't work out Saracens for the life of me. I think the 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 definitely the most interesting story in 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 rugby. The shame it, shame of it is they don't really want to sh- uh, share it with anyone. And I don't blame them either. But they'll beat Leicester. Yes. Exeter host Bath, which would be an Exeter win. Yes. Wasps host Gloucester. I would. If you'd have asked me this four weeks ago, I would have said comfortable Gloucester win. I think Bath will beat him up. Gloucester. Who, Exeter. Bath Sorry. I thought it was Gloucester. No, uh, Bath um, go to Exeter. Bath, Bath Gloucester goes to Wasps. to Exeter. <clears throat> Exeter are going to win that. Yep. Wasps host Gloucester. Oh. So, again, uh, one thing I would say on Wasps, just to sort of elaborate on a discussion, so Wasp, you know, if you're a Wasp fan, you're not too disappointed. We've Ooh. not really talked mm-hmm. about you. Um, <clears throat> I would, in the, way, in the same way as not having Willie Hines as a controlling factor really affects Danny Cipriani, having Jimmy Gopeth now with enough game time under his belt and seems to be settled in, taking the kicking duties. Yeah. Possibly he is that controlling force that he what used to be and was for Danny Cipriani at Wasps and in a way that Willie Hines is for Danny Cipriani at Gloucester. Maybe, I, I wouldn't mind betting that Jimmy Gopeth is a is a key cog. I would totally agree with that. He has to be. He has. He has to be. Yeah. And Dai Young hasn't really had the benefit of Jimmy Gopeth. I think Dai Young had enough of a chance, personally. And yeah. If, so just... When we were talking before about the single point of failure for Cipriani, if um, Gopeth is that key cog, Gopeth turns 37 in the summer. Does he really? He does. 
So, but he hasn't had a lot of rugby in the last year or two. That might have prolonged his career a little. Yeah, bit. <clears throat> yeah. And he's wow, never, that is pretty phenomenal. He's never played internationally, but he's. I mean, he is still playing some top draw rugby. So yeah, it, it would be a bit worrying. How many more years can you eke out of mm. Gopeth? How do you want to do a Six Nations one? Should we do it? Um, well, we'll, one we'll, more game. We've got Bristol Quins on the Sunday. That's going to be close. They're all going to be close. Um, uh, Bristol Quins, Bristol Quins, Bristol at home. Bristol at home. Yeah, they'll they'll be bouncing. Mind yeah. you, Quins. Oh, did you see the um, the Quins changing room? Oh, yeah. The picture the of picture. Chris Robshaw posted. So it was Mark Lambert's 250th appearance for Quinns. Special day. They got a win against Exeter, top of the table. They were very happy. There were loads of people, uh, tops off, taking pictures, having a beer after the game. Chris Robshaw's picture. And on the roof of the changing room, it says... Squeeze, suffocate, strangle. Nice. <laughs> Defensive keywords i guess squeeze suffocate strangle i assume so i wonder if they're gonna get any. or is um, it um what was that guy that that kept someone hostage uh, ooh, who oh was no that? let's not even don't no, 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 don't let's, uh, let's, uh, let's not go there uh i do wonder if this is a cue for um harlequins to be handling rather large um constrictor style snakes now <laughs> i mean maybe this I mean, it was wolf pack and now it's going to be constrictors the snake pack snake pack snake pack snake ball triple s the, what, what is a gang of snakes called? Uh, do you want me to look it up? Yes, please. Have a guess. What would it be? A sliver of snakes. Um, a, a ball? Slither. I think, I think a. it is a snake ball. Uh, What's the collective noun for snake? Because no, I know, there, like, there are multiple, actually. So I, I, I know well, What are some of them, then? We'll pick the best one for them to use. Yeah, so I know garter snakes ha- uh, hang around in groups. So, the five that I've got in front of me... Collective uh-huh. noun for snake. Collective noun for snake We've taken some brilliant little tangents tonight. Den. A den, den of snakes. Den of snakes. A snake okay. den. A snake den. Snake den, okay. A bed. Snake bed. That doesn't bed sound too good. A nest. Sounds too sexual. Ooh, nest. Snake nest. nest. Is quite snake good. nest. No. A snake pit. Viper oh, pit. Oh, snake, snake pit. pit. That's the one. Viper pit. And the final one is a knot of snakes. Mm. Which would be pit. an angry group of snakes if you tied them in a knot. Pit. Snake, the snake, snake pit. pit, snake pit. There you go, snake pit defense. Snake, yeah, the st- stoop snake pit. I like it. Uh, I say we reconvene in the week when we yeah have the teams. Well, so we can go, so we, we can even like team, do, England team will come out on Thursday because Lunch. of because of coronavirus. We could do it from our separate uh, oh, that's separate sensible. places. I'll but dial in. Could we could Google Hangout it or whatever? Quick predictions because there is only two games this week. Oh, uh, okay, rubbish. so my very quick predictions are France batter Scotland, but not nearly as bad as England batter Wales, who will be ground to tiny, tiny bits of dust. Don't underestimate Scotland in this one. I think going no, to I'm, Murrayfield. I'm I think going to Murrayfield is tough. I'm happy to underestimate them. I'm very <laughs> happy to underestimate them. At your peril. I I see France winning, but really, I think it's going to, Scotland will make it very difficult for them. I tend to agree to that. I think Scotland will roll over tamely, <laughs> but not as tamely as Wales. I can't emphasise this enough. I hope I, I'm at Twickenham. On, Wales will on get Saturday. a more. I've, I mean, a lot I of their players have played this uh, uh, this weekend, like Tompkins, for instance. Bigger, obviously. Bigger. Yeah. The England boys have been rested, all wrapped up in cotton wool. No, um, no damn bigger Wales wrapped going, up in cotton going wool. Going down. The England boys in an Eddie Jones training well, training exactly. week. No, sorry. How They'll be judo throwing each other. 
Courtney Laws will have two black eyes this they'll week. Be, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll be ready. They've had bass written in. Yeah. <laughs> Bam, don't you do Bam, this. Bam, don't you ever do this. <laughs> yeah, that's how, that, that is how England will treat Wales in Twickenham. It's going to be brutal. Looking forward to it. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Hmm. Right, wrap it up, Tim. Let's go home. Right, thank you for listening. Hit subscribe, because there'll be another one coming in your feed before the Six Nations weekend. And... Just subscribe anyway. Tell your mates. We're yeah. at Rugby Podcast on Twitter in the cesspit. The snake pit. Not the snake in the snake pit of Twitter. JB is at JB Beardmore. I'm at Cocker. And Phil will let you know when he wants to contact you because he will find out. Slide into your DMs. If you're lucky. Let the boys play. The boys play. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.